Oh, yo, 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 we here. It's Saturday. Welcome to another edition of Detroit Table Talk. I'm your, I'm your, he- I'm, I'm, your I'm about to say guest. I'm your host, Dro, along with my beautiful, amazing, <laughs> wonderful co-host, Carmen. How you doing today, Carmen? Hello. I'm doing awesome. That's it's good. It's a beautiful day outside. Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting this. We go from snow flurries to 70-something degree weather. That shit crazy. We bipolar up in this... <laughs> Mother Nature is around here. It's ridiculous. I mean, seriously, it was so cold the other day. Yeah, it was. It was cold, cold. I didn't hit the heat up like on eighty one. Yeah, mine was up. It's weird because it was up, but I also had the fan on. I was sweating too a tad bit. I, I literally turned the heat on and off, on and off, mm-hmm. on and off. I said, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, that shit was crazy. And then here we come yesterday, and it was just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I'm not complaining because I'll either. take these few days that we have left. Uh, yeah, stretch the beautiful sunshine mm-hmm. and, you know. Um, but I do wish, no, okay, let me rephrase that. When it gets cold out, mm-hmm. people tend to settle down. You think so? The city been hot. The metropolitan Detroit. Yeah, it's, it's been it's <laughs> They've been, been hot. They've it's been, been hot. horrible out here. It's been hot on the block. These guys are not at all around the city. All around the city. I'm sorry, all around the state. Yep. Because yep. these guys going everywhere doing these They crimes. doing all kind of stuff. It's not just Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Fox 2, you know what I'm saying, because they affiliated with, you know, uh, what Kwame, I mean, not Kwame, what's his name, Kanye? Who, Kanye West? Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, Fox 2 affiliated with um, the Jewish community. Oh, yeah. You know, so oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times Fox wants to highlight Detroit. Oh, really? But they don't highlight the surrounding cities as much. Now, they will go as far as Southfield. Mm-hmm. You know, but they don't tell us all the stuff that goes down in Livonia and Troy. Yep. You know, they skip right over those cities. Yep. You know, but it's been hot on the block. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into it. These people been, <laughs> you got to laugh from crying sometimes. Sometimes you do. You know. Yeah. But it's fucked it, up, though. And it's and it's an election season. Yeah. Have you heard anything too much about it other than that um, abortion proposal? I heard, I keep hearing this uh, proposal three. That's it, right? Yeah, that's, that's it. the abortion that, proposal. That's all I keep hearing. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing, you know, nothing is going on in the city. We're not mm-hmm. even talking about the, the state seats, the Senate seats. We're not talking about the Supreme Court seats. We ain't talking about nothing but abortion. Right. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, how can they get on TV and blankly lie? Mm-hmm. You know, they want to confuse the people so bad that, you know, so that people, the people don't really know what they're voting on. Right. You know, that commercial they got out where if you're 10 years old, you can get medication to change sex. Right. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah, that's why they, that's why they throwing it out there like that. But I don't think they should be able to lie when it comes to, like, elections and stuff like that. Because that's almost on the side of fraud to me. I mean, that's my definition. What they call it? Uh, you're lying to get a vote. Yeah. Politics, yeah, yeah, that is. So, listen, today, guys, we're going to be talking about some current events. We got to kind of get caught up on (laughs) what's happening in the metropolitan Detroit area, um, because I just been shaking my head. I'm shaking my head right now. From the the police, oh wait a minute, from the police all the way down. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to the neighborhood criminal. Yeah. And let me let me start off by saying this. Um, rest in peace to the young lady who got shot in the head and threw out the car on the freeway. My condolences to that family, yeah, you know, as well as, as well. to the family of the woman who was working to earn money for her family driving the, the lift the yeah. and the passenger shot her in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with people these days? I have no idea. It's it's mind blowing. It's mind like These people mind is blowing. minding their own business. They're trying to make a living. Trying to make a living. What could she have possibly said in a few minutes that you were in that vehicle that you said, I'm just going to take her life? I used to drive Lyft. My mother hated it because I was already working two jobs. And then on my off days from the two jobs, I would work Lyft, Mm -hmm. you know, just to be out. It's not like I needed the money or anything like that. My mother used to be so mad at me. She used to be like, why don't you just go home and rest? I'd be like, no, I'm going to drive for a couple of hours. I thank God that I was always safe, Mm -hmm. you know, but one thing for certain, two things for sure, I only picked up my people in the suburbs. Okay. And not saying that that just gave me a a, um, foundation of safety, but I only picked up my people in the suburbs. And if I had to drop them off in Detroit Mm -hmm. or something like that, I would turn my app off and go back out to the suburbs. Okay. You know, so I wouldn't. If I drove up to a house and two or three people came out, mm-hmm. I drove off. Yeah, hey, you, you got to protect yourself <laughs> at all times. If um, I accepted a ride and it was in an area that I knew wasn't safe, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't do it. I don't blame you. But I always had my firearm on me. Okay. And one of my things was, two of my, my rules was, no one sits in the front and no one can sit behind me. Yeah, I hate that. I hate when people sit you know, behind me. I used to have discussions back and forth with people. Mm-hmm. You're not sitting behind me. I either move over there or you can, you know, exit. Right. You know, so I thank God that um, I was fortunate, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sad. You yeah. know, it's sad. It is all the way around. So we have a, um, a story where um, the same suspect, mm-hmm. it wasn't a different one. Same one. The same joker. Mm-hmm. Um, for two days in a row, robbed a downtown a downtown Detroit store on Griswold. It was one of our people. Yeah, I'm talking about black owned business. Uh, yeah, he should be. Well, it, I, I'm not sure if it was black owned. Let me not lie. Okay, I'm not certain. But whether it's black owned or white owned, you know how you gonna break in somebody's business? Twice. Twice. He forgot something. <laughs> it ain't whole, funny. Uh, it ain't uh, funny. But my a whole goodness. wall. A whole well. I mean, he didn't take one, two, three things. He took everything that was off the wall, walked a few steps, and grabbed everything off that rack. Mm. I feel I feel bad for the business owners. Business owners are suffering. Yeah. Well, certain business owners are suffering because I don't want to give the illusion that all businesses are doing bad but that makes, because they're not. It, it makes it bad for people who want to open, new, new people who want to open up businesses around the city. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just ridiculous. You want the city to grow and get better and bring in more money. Not that, that's just like the um, not the opposite. The um, shoe store on Livernois mm. robbed two days in a row. Wow. The first day, and then the suspect. Well, the after the first day, 
the the business owner, black owned, mm-hmm. didn't pub- publicize it because right. he figured I'll just get with my um, my clients and I'll take care of them on the back end. Mm-hmm. And he went and got some um, rolling steel doors mm-hmm. where you know they roll down. Yeah. Um, a, um, what do you call them? Uh, shoot, where they um, pricings. And he had not gotten to the point where he picked someone to oh. to install the work. And them jokers came back for the second day. Mm. Just cleaned them. Wow. He so hurt. He said, you know, he thought he was bringing his business into the city, you know what I'm saying, yeah. to make us proud. You know what I'm saying? And over there on Living Noise, yeah, it's looking, good, Adam, over there it's looking good over there. Mm-hmm. You know, so now he's like, he doesn't. He doesn't think that he's gonna reopen. Yeah, that's messed up. You know, that's he, he had people that he all was those business to me because there's so many people over there now, and everybody gravitates over there like they do downtown and mm. the um the little section where the what do you call it the casino is. Mm. You know that what street you I'm mean? talking about uh, where Peace Apocalypse was. Yeah, yep. It's a lot of people that be over on Living Noise like it was in Greek Town. I think all those businesses should be green lighted. Yeah, me too. Because it's a lot of commerce over there. Yeah, you know, yeah. they bringing a lot of money over there. Yeah. And I, uh, I just felt so bad. Um, I felt so bad. Yeah. Have you ever just looked at stories and thought like, I know this Joker? <laughs> oh yeah, I done seen my cousin on crime in the day before he got locked up for something. Are you serious? Oh yeah. You know, I seen one of them on there. Let's. I, I want to have this discussion. Somebody needs to say it. What is it? We see a lot of um, missing young ladies on crime in the D. Mm-hmm. And for me, I hate the word where it says missing. And they're not missing. They didn't ran away. Right. And although they're missing to their family, this is not like a lot of these young ladies, it's not their first or second time running away. Right. You know, I think it's a, maybe it's just me. But I think it's a different impact of your child being kidnapped and your child having some issues. They keep running away. Right. It is. Not that we don't want people looking, you know, out for that child and trying to find that child. Um, but it's it, it puts the the community on a different kind of alert. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's somebody just out there snatching up young girls. Right. Um, and then when the young ladies are found. They get mad at the people in the comment when they ask them, where was they found? You know, where was they at? Are they okay? Just be glad we found her. Mm. No, nigga, you was on here. See, <laughs> you want our prayers and, you know, these young ladies, they got to stop. They got to start running away from home for mm-hmm. these, these jokers out here. Yeah. You got to, they got to stop letting these little boys talk them into Sneaking out their house at all godly hours of the night. And sometimes they don't even be little boys, it be grown men. Grown men. Which is even more ridiculous. So That's why parents got to constantly have these talks. And I'm not being biased, but they got to really have these talks with their daughters constantly. Not saying that the, they don't with the sons, but mm-hmm. these little girls are so vulnerable to, um, a lot of them are single parent homes. Yep. You know, wanting to be loved, wanting to find that father figure. And these men out here telling them exactly what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And they risked it all. 
you know what I'm saying, regardless of what they've heard before about a young lady not making it back home, you know, um, a lot of somewhere them. dead. Yeah, a lot of them feel like it can't happen to them. Until it does. Yeah. You know, and although you, you leave with the intention of, oh, I'm just going to party with my friends because my parents won't let me party, you know, they party poopers or they want me to just be locked up in a house, they may be your friends to you mm-hmm. starting out, but you're not guaranteed to come home at the end of the night. That's true. You know, you get over there, drink too much, <coughs> somebody spike your drink or put something in the smoke and you end up dying. It's a lot Everybody going gonna scatter like roaches. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? When the lights come on. Yep. Ain't nobody going to say, oh, well, um, we left her for dead. Yep. They're not going to say that. When the parents come asking questions, they're going to, um, you know, act like they don't know anything. Yeah, everybody going to come up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. The, the, um, the case that I could think of that sticks out in my mind. I can't remember the young lady name, but um, it happened in Chicago in a hotel. You remember what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. I cannot think of her name, but um, it was an incident where a young lady went to a party. She was with a group of friends and just... Disappeared? No, no, she didn't disappear. I think they found her in like the freezer or something like that. Whoa! Mm-hmm. So yeah. did they kill her before they put her in the freezer? or? We don't know. These people out here are called. Yeah. These people are out called. Yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot of things that's just messed up out here, especially for the young children. Let's let's have the discussion of the the um, news breaking story of Detroit New Era. Oh, with the tow trucks. With the tow trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell tell us about it. Well, this has been going on for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember personally having to go down to receive in hospital for whatever reason, and um, wanting. But you know, there's no parking down there. If you find a parking space, you are lucky, lucky, lucky. Right. <laughs> you know. But then you know you go around the block so many times. You know, you look across the street and you be like, "Oh, these apartment buildings. I'm just gonna park up in there real quick mm-hmm. and run over and pick my prescription up or." You know, run and take care of my business and come on out. All right, do what you got to do. Now they have these tow trucks where they have what they call spotters. Yeah. So what the spotter is, it's it can be any kind of vehicle. Mm. And their windows are tinted out. Mm-hmm. So they strategically place them in the apartment building's parking lots. Right. So they're on a, they, you know, they lay back in the cut. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you get out your car, they watch where you go. So as soon as you pass or cross, I think that's St. Antoine, as mm-hmm. soon as you cross that street, they get on the phone and they call the tow truck that's around the block waiting, and they come and scoop your car up right away. Yeah, they need some. Uh, but need, that's illegal. Yeah, they need, a, uh, they need you to get checked. About so that. Um, the apartment complex have been complaining about this tow company. Okay. Um, I guess it hit the fan last week when um, New Era got involved. Mm, I think and I've seen Trick of, Trick up there, too. Mm-hmm, yeah. One of the guys um, that lives in an apartment complex will see senior citizens, women with children, mm. out in the parking lot crying because when they come out, their car is gone. Mm. Um, well, last week, a senior citizen on a walker you know, 
came back and her car was gone. Mm. The man told her she had to pay, I think it was five or $600 mm. to get her car back. Mm. They lost it. He said the young man who lived in an apartment complex says that he has had to um, transport people to their home because they have no way of getting home. Right. You know, and they don't have the, you know, the five or the $600 to get their vehicle back. Yeah, that's uh So that's they end up, New Air end up spotting the spotter. Right. In the parking lot. Okay. So, you know, of course they was, um, demanding that he get out of his vehicle. Right. You know. I'm um, trying to find the footage. Again. As the tow truck is, um, pulling in to take a car away, they stand in front of the car like, you ain't about to take this car. Right. You know, so, of course, the tow truck gets on the phone mm -hmm. and calls the police. Mm -hmm. Well, the police gets there and agrees with New Air and the people in the apartment building, you know, that yes, they should. it's illegal. Mm -hmm. So when they got the call and they got there, they was like, oh, Lord, these people again. Right. You know, so they were telling them that it's illegal to have a spotter. And you have to have a call from somebody in the apartment, preferably management, that will ask you to remove the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And then before you remove the vehicle, you have to call the police and wait for the police to get there before you tow the vehicle. Right. So this has been happening for years now, you know, years, and nothing has been done. Mm -hmm. So personally, for me, I am super excited that um, New Era Detroit stepped in. Stepped in, mm -hmm. because we have these. Mm, how can I say this? Um, we have these leaders that we elect, and they don't seem to see nothing, hear nothing. And they don't seem to stand up for the citizens that put them in office. Right. You know, and I'm one of the ones, I'll call you out. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't got nothing. You ain't got nothing that I want. Right. You know, I reminded me a couple of weeks ago, I went to a an event. And um, I didn't know Coleman, Coleman Young Jr. was standing behind me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the person who was announcing people called his name and he was standing behind me and he was like and I kept you know somebody all up on your back your butt mm -hmm. so well, I'm not like not my back butt but my back yeah well my butt mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm turning around like to see who the heck you know like why are you standing so close to me mm -hmm. and when they called his name it was him then he puts his hand on my shoulder okay. you know like he's being this grand you know <laughs> political leader yeah. you know just a smiling and waving and I'm like can you back up some mm -hmm. you know so then when, you know, they finished, you know, giving him his accolades or whatever, he just, how are you? You know, how are you doing? He trying to give me a hug. I said, I appreciate the hug. I said, but I've left you at least 10 emails and you've not responded to one. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Right. He was like, oh, no, no, I must have overlooked it. I said, 10? Mm -hmm. I said, I expect the email returned this week. Right. He told me, can you re re resend it to me? You know, just in case I missed it. I said, so what are you going in your stuff and just deleting stuff right. if you don't like what it says? So he gave me a little snicker and a little laugh or whatever. Mm. You know, we got to start holding these people accountable. Yeah, we do. You know, that city council woman who refused to return my call until I start putting her on blast, mm. 
um, where the family dollar, oh yeah, you know, was boarded up and had a front door on it, mm-hmm. and the state rep, you live in the community and you tell me you didn't see that, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to miss and I had to keep story. calling and then finally she was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see it. I said, so you don't live in the community? I do. I said, have you, you tell me you haven't drove past that right. or seen it. None of your colleagues colleagues have said anything. None of the, your constituents, nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. Well, can you give me the address? I most certainly can. I said, how about if I send you the picture? Right. You know, um, the next day I got a phone call back that they sent, you know, she, she made a phone call and they sent someone out to ticket them. Um, and that they gave them X a certain days. days to have it fixed. Okay. And when um, they called and gave them the date, she called and gave me the date. And I said, oh, I'll go drive. I said, I'm going to drive by to make sure that it's fixed on that date that you said it's going to be fixed on. Or, I, you know, we'll be having this conversation again. Right. But when I drove up, the people was actually out there fixing it. Oh, that's good. So it's important that the community get involved. Mm-hmm. This is where you got to live. Yep. You know, whether it's, you know, blight in the city or in your neighborhood or it's Pookie and Ray Ray and them desecrating the neighborhood. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You see what's going on before even get to the police department. And I'll say it over and over. We want the police to do this, that, and the other, but we also need people to step in and do their, you know, to work as a team in a community, we all got to be a part of it. That's true. If not, then we have major missing pieces of the puzzle. But you know, you got like, um, <clears throat> you have like stand up people. You might have like one stand up person in the community, but that one stand up person that's in that one, that's in that whole community in that whole neighborhood, mm-hmm. can't do it alone. So, like you said, they can't. But you'll need some backup. Listen, they can't do it alone, but start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't good enough to close your curtains or. or Draw your blinds and act like you don't see what's going on. Yeah, a lot of people turn a, you know, turn the other cheek when it ain't them or their family. So, uh, talking about towing companies and mm-hmm. stuff like that, we have another. I'm gonna be fair by saying, former Detroit police officer, who was um, charged with um uh how can i say it <laughs> sometimes you just gotta laugh because just like where's the integrity you took an oath and you 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 as bad as these people out here so if i'm worse I'm but worse. former detroit cop pleads guilty and towing scandal for taking bribes mm-hmm. so him and his lieutenant they got together and figured out how to make some money where what happens if people don't know? The Detroit Police Department has a list of toll companies <coughs> that they have to choose from when they pull you over or they want your vehicle towed. They have to select um, a tow company that's been approved by the city council. Okay. What these police officers um, had done was they were calling tow companies that maybe they were friends with the people or whatever, outside of the um, the list. Okay. So they were getting bribes to, you know, to get the business. I mean, 
me personally, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I think uh, anybody that's in a position of power is going to look out for their friends and make sure their friends get them ends first before anybody does. I mean, the other people do it. They get away with it. I see. I, I, I think differently. I And know me. So you like, think when whoever. I get When I have contracts, when I have things that I need done, at my at the business mm-hmm. um, that I have authority, you know what I'm saying, to um, suggest this is the person I want to hire to do this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm going to take care of my people. But one thing I do say is all your paperwork have to be in order. Exactly. You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lose my job trying to look out for you. Yeah, so what I'm saying is if I have, I'm not just going to get somebody that don't know the field. You know what I'm saying? So, say for instance, no, I get it. They have a legitimate toll company, mm-hmm. but why the don't paperwork got to be out, right? Right, but why don't you help them out in a way where, when you know the bidding is coming up for the city council, they could do the proper shit. Put your pro- your paperwork in so that you can be on a list, so that you could be on a list fairly. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's always a bribe in anything. With anything, it might be a bribe to pay to get on the list. You know. People in positions I'm of not, power. I'm not even doubting that. They 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 use that position of power to their advantage. But if you know that you've submitted a bid and your bid came in, um, you know, fair to everybody else, and maybe you got chosen for the bid, but I know my company is better, um, the my quote was better, and this and that, and whatever. Now I need to go back through the channels to find out. Okay, why did you pick him and not me? I've been in business longer. My mm-hmm. trucks are um, are fairly new. You know, um, I have uh, great recommendations. Mm-hmm. I came in, I underbid it under him. Tell me again why I wasn't, you know. It might just have, at that point, a person might just have to tell the truth. Like, you ain't coming with enough ca- brad money. For real. But you can't do <laughs> you, know? you can't do that. When you empower an authority... And you are an elected official or you have sworn in a position of power and authority. You can't go outside those parameters that are set, you know, but I, I under, for you. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I'm thinking realistically. Realistically. But we got to get people to think back. That's not going to happen. You know why? Because people are so controlled by money. You know what I'm saying? When you when you're a child, or when they find when they finally realize that this is what they want to that they want to do, mm-hmm. people go into it for the for the passion of it. And then when they get the when they see oh, I can get twenty five thousand dollars for just signing my name on this, mm-hmm. approving this, then they gonna do it. Okay, you getting a hundred and fifty thousand, maybe a hundred thousand a year, when you can get that stuff in four months each quarter. By just signing and only people who think like that is people who have been in those positions and who has gotten away with it thus far. What the citizens have to do is realize, okay, this person has not done anything for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any concrete proof, but I know, you know, there's some stuff going on. But how many we have to stop putting the same people in position to keep sucking the city dry. But here's the thing: how many, how many politicians weren't businessmen? 
majority of them, all of them. Quite a few of them were not business people. A lot of them are indoctrinated into those positions, if I can say it that way, because they're either their mother or their father were political leaders, and they grew up in households where they learned the the trade. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They learned how to um, to get around. You know what I'm saying? To get those positions. Mm-hmm. You, you, you hang out and you rub shoulders with the right person. It's you really don't have about to have who you know. Yeah. That's all it's about. Who you yeah, know. the networking and you know, I, I, I see it all the time on uh, Facebook, and it drives me crazy. But I feel like you have a whole lot of politicians. They love what is it called? Prime what? Real estate? No. Oh. The food. The restaurant. Oh, Prime Restaurant. Yeah, they. Uh, Ocean Prime. They love. Oh yeah, ADs. I don't like Ocean. They love all those restaurants. Every time you on Facebook, you see all you see is pictures, pictures of them going out to eat. Do you think they just going out to eat just to be going out to eat? No. Hell to the no. They and don't none the of them half of the time be talking about nothing that's <clears throat> going on about what's going on in the community. You know, you, you remember that, uh, you seen training day? Yeah. Remember they was at the, go ahead, get your baseball state or something. So they had them little conversations like that about who got the most money in that, who got the money in that trunk and they trunk or who money to put that, uh, who trunk to put that money in. But if you follow certain politicians, you can see a pattern. It's the same people. I think it's a pattern with the majority of all of them. Cause like I well, said, we gotta do something about it. Cause all this crime here going on, I'm I'm over it. I don't think. I think a lot of that stuff, as far as the crime, mm-hmm. that shit, that stuff starts at home. Parents should have did something about that a long time ago. So. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. What the police people. I, I take that. I was about to say people ain't, aren't scared of the police, but I take that back because how do you explain black men killing black men, but not saying that they supposed to, you know what I'm saying, do that. But It's so many reasons. It's A ridiculous. product of your environment, you know, culturally, um, who you who you hang out with. Um, oppression, you know, it's so many dynamics too why people choose crime in certain neighborhoods. You know, the disadvantages of not, you know, being able to have um, employment that's sustainable to taking care of your family. Um, healthcare. You know, when you talk about working an eight-hour job and in the last 15 or 20 years, they haven't given, you know, the employees a raise. They still at nine dollars and twenty five cents, and they've been working there for fifteen and twenty years. We have a problem. You know, you got people who are integral where they're not going to go out and do anything wrong, but you have people also that say, "Man, I can't continue to live like this. I'm living paycheck to paycheck." So then, some of these young people try to figure out ways to balance that off if I can say it like that. I'm not saying it's right mm-hmm. but I'm, I am saying that a lot of times that's where our young people just, they want everything now. I understand that. You know. But here's the thing with these, with the young folks that I see. Mm-hmm. They doing it for nothing. For nothing. You're doing it for nothing. Like. For not as my mom used to say. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it, like at least if you're going 
No, don't give them no, no ideas. Me, <laughs> no, I ain't gonna give them no ideas, but my whole thing is this. Why rob a guy for uh, some, uh, a Coney Island dinner? They ain't robbing for no Coney Island dinner. Oh, Did they, you see oh, that they, guy that was sitting in Coney Island? And he was just sitting there nonchalant, which is weird glasses. to me. Took his glasses. Yeah, I heard that. Anybody in their right mind, anybody in their mama know you can't go sit in a Coney Island nowhere and be looking at your phone just scrolling <laughs> and not paying attention to what's going on. And then you go in there with some buffs on, some uh, cardio, or what, what they call them? Cardiac. To be honest with you. Uh, you should be able to. Yeah, you should be able to. But I, I, what I did was I realized 10 years ago that the, the streets have changed longer than 10 years ago. So when I stopped slow, when I slowed down to wearing jewelry. So I'm not, I don't give a damn if I was coming from uh, just being out. I'm still not going inside the Coney Island with my yays on. I don't care if I got a pistol on me or not. I'm not going to a Coney Island after a certain time of the day. I don't even eat the Coney Island, so. Yeah, I don't I necessarily. Yeah, thing. I don't. I'm too old for the Coney Island right now. But these young people. Yeah. 10, 11 o'clock at night? Mm-hmm. Coney Island? Boy, you better go home and eat a bowl of cereal. Yeah. Well, I know? mean, I can't say that. I was. I, I used to be out in the streets and stopping at Coney, too. Cereal ain't going to do it. Especially that after after all them drinks. Now maybe with dice, dice can do the cereal, but you know, um, I can't I can't do the cereal after drinking and smoking all night. Yeah, I mean, that alcohol and milk don't mix. Me. Yeah. I mean, I, not goodness. that I know, but I'm just thinking in my mind. Oh my goodness. So what you think about the um, the young man that was back in front of the judge for the um, the Hutch murder? Oh, I, I to be honest, I hadn't seen anything about it. So did they catch the lawyer? No, you know that's still so. What that's they still saying now? Investigation. Um, they came back to discuss the um, bond. Okay. So the what's the guy name? Um, the Caucasian guy. Uh, that guy that was that was involved. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's that child name? Hold on, let me tell you his name. Um. Well, in other words, his attorney, um, why well, I'm looking for his name, Rappaport, what's his name? Angelo. Okay. Rappatinas or something, I don't know. So his attorney wanted uh, a bond for him. Mm-hmm. So he was saying in so many words, the <coughs> evidence that they have towards him is not strong enough for them to keep him in there and not give him a bond. Well, we all know they got enough. But the prosecution is saying, no, he has a direct connection with the murder. He was almost like the mastermind behind it and stuff like that. Okay. Um, So at the end of the day, they did grant him a a bond and a tether. But I think the bond was um, a million dollars cash with a GPS tether. Okay. Um, And they wouldn't even discuss the bond for the... African American, yeah. you know, men. So they're due back in court on November the fifteenth. Yeah, well, you know, he the white color, so. You know. But uh, I think that if, if it had been three black men, they, they would nobody would have got no bond. Nobody would have got a bond. Right. They would have. They would have said, uh, "Had you not had to call these black guys, I mean, these other two black guys, mm-hmm. then guess what?" Right. Because you accessory, accessory is an accessory, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, so, so if he gets a million, why he don't get a million? He don't get a million. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of the priors. Did he have any priors? I don't know. Uh, so maybe the black guys had priors. But 
murder, attempted murder, felony yeah. firearm, all that stuff. Yeah. That's kind of, I don't know. So the young man, mm -hmm. I'm calling him that very loosely, the Oxford <laughs> High School um, student. Shooter. The shooter. Mm -hmm. um, they are saying that he probably will be pleading guilty to the crime. Um, and I'm thinking they're doing that so that his parents can go forth in their trial. And it's not, you know, going at the same time. They need to set an example. All three of them need to be locked up for life. You think the parents need to be locked up for Absolutely. life? Absolutely. Tell me why. Because they train their kids to do that stuff. And if they had to, just like we, you, 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 just like everybody expect us to pay more attention to our daughters and our sons for predators, mm -hmm. they teaching their kids to be the predator. You know what I'm saying? So, did you hear the conversation after when they talked to him? If they wasn't guilty, why are you going on a run? Why are you leaving? Well. There's a few things that I can say either, you know, on both sides of the coin. Um, because the media had put out so much stuff. I'm not saying them running was the right, you know, what, what, you know, the right thing to do. But because of all the stuff that the media was putting out, um, they were building a case, you know, in the, um, in the eyes of, you know what I'm saying, the community before they even had any information or evidence to even take to the prosecutor. So by the time they went to the prosecutor, it was already a case built, you know, against them in the public eye. Mm. So do I think that the parents need to be locked up? Yes. Um, do I fault the parents for his actions? Yes and no. I think that you could be the best parent ever and your kid can make a left turn. I think those situations are different than maybe this situation where the parent purchased the firearm for him and when the, I'm not sure if it was the mom or the dad, I think it was the mom who was made aware that um, he was drawing pictures, disturbing pictures and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if she texted him or called him and said something to the fact where, um, and I'm not quoting her, but something to the fact where, did you take that gun out of the house? You know, at that moment, when you were called to the school, me as a parent, I would have been patting my own damn child down. Before. I would have been looking in book bags. I would have been raising up hands, legs. Before. It even led to all that. They probably should have seen that he needed psychological help. You should have did a, mm -hmm. you should have did a psych. You should not not even do a professional. Just kick it with your child and see how your child is. Me, I'm around my kids every day. I know whether or not my children are violent, mm -hmm. whether they're happy children, or whether they're angry children. So, and like I said, I always say this. I have a I, it, I'm, I'm kind of like, I fight with myself about teaching my children gun safety okay. because of situations like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm.
because you never know what your child is going to do. Yeah. But at the same time, in this messed up world, you always still want to teach your children about gun safety, mm-hmm. the do's and the don'ts, and um, it's, it's important. The, because kids are curious, mm-hmm. that curiosity. And what you, yep, what you don't teach them, mm-hmm. they try to find out on the on their own. Yep. So I'm still struggling with that. But as far as them parents, I, I say it's not a struggle. You shouldn't even struggle with it. At some point, this is my opinion. At some point, get with a professional. Rick is really good. Mm-hmm. Get with a professional, and have him to sit down and go over just gun safety and stuff like that with them. Take them to one of the firing range and ask mm-hmm. to speak to the owner. A lot of times the classes are for people that are of a certain age and up, but um, these places can pull together a class for young people mm-hmm. just to have the, you know, the safety conversation with them. Right. You know, where they can ask questions. They, you know, a lot of th- times kids see stuff on these movies and TV and stuff like that. They can get those questions asked, but, and they're not out in the community trying to figure it out with their friend when their friend be like, "Man, look what I got." But it's such it's such a thin line, because mm-hmm. what if you teach your child all the safety, mm-hmm. and you know, curiosity, child want to, you know, what I'm saying, once they get a certain age, you let them fire the firearm, boom, boom, boom. Now, what if that spark up something in them, something in them, that he might not be able to put them firearms down. Judge Lipskin used to have a program before he passed. Rest his soul. I love Judge Lipskin. He had a program where um, if you were caught with a firearm, mm-hmm. you had to come down and you had to sit in his class that he had at the 36th District Court for, I don't think it was like a four or five hour class. Mm-hmm. And then after that class, everybody in there had to go to the morgue. Oh, okay. And okay. if you completed the program, you can get like probation or something like that. You won't go to, you know, prison, mm-hmm. you know, for a firearm. But I when think you went over to the morgue, you had to literally sit there and watch them do an autopsy. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they bring you into this room and they pass out a list of all the bodies they have in the morgue. Mm -hmm. And you look at the names and make sure that nobody that you know is on the list. Mm -hmm. Because they're not trying to traumatize you. Like, they're trying to get through to you, but they're not trying to traumatize you. You go back there and you see your cousin on the table and they cracking their head open and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So once you do that, they take you to the back and they put you in this room. It could be something like a room like this with a clear glass and the body is on the other side, and they bring the body closer to... The glass. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the rule was you had to stand up, you had to be paying attention, you had to look, you couldn't cover your eyes, could you couldn't turn around. I went to that class numerous times because that was my professor, mm-hmm. and I was his, you know, quote-unquote, I was his TA, which was his teacher assistant. Okay. So he used to be like, bring the boys down, you know. Didn't work. Um, <laughs> like, bring the boys down. And when we would go over to the morgue, you would have some thugs mm-hmm. throwing up in the corner, bending mm-hmm. over, and they used to be like, uh-uh, stand up, because you guys have this 
this thought process that you go out here, you big, you bad, you carry a gun, you shoot at somebody, then you take off running. Mm. You don't stay around long enough to see what damage you have done. Mm. It's not like the movies. You shoot this person, you know, and, oh, they get up and they walk off the bullet, you know what I'm saying, and they good to go. Some people don't come back from it. Mm -hmm. And this is what is left. You know, this is what their parents have to, you know, and their loved ones have to um, look forward to, that their loved ones not coming home. Right. So they will have where <coughs> they're draining out the blood. They do, like, um, where they crack your chest open. Mm. They use, like, a hammer and stuff like that, and they crack. They take a saw and cut through your, you know, your it's, head. It's, I'm thinking about, um, it's crazy. But a lot of them children did not Commit have issues after that. Okay. Because they got to see the act. You know what I'm saying? You got a lot of weak people that once they shoot, they taking off running. Mm -hmm. So they not stand to see um, the person bleeding to death. Right. They not stand to see that person take their last breath. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They shoot, take off. If you that bad, stay there and see the aftermath. Yeah. You know, they not gonna do that because they gonna have to <coughs> relive that stuff over and over again. So, I still suggest, and I hope a leader one day step up and it be like a light bulb to come on. I think that once children um, reach a certain age, especially our males, but women are not excluded, have to do at least 18 months in the military. Cool. I think that... Like they get in trouble? Mm-mm. Just period? I think that... The discipline that the military um, instill in you, we would not have all these violent rants. We would not have all these guys out here in the street. It's I, a different kind of knowledge, you I, know, and that's what a lot of our African American young men lack discipline. I can, I can disagree with that. Just, okay. just for the simple fact, I'm a man. I had a father in my life. He wouldn't. Have, he wasn't the best father, but he instilled some good things in me. And I believe that it's, it's up to any man that's in your life. If he know that you, if, if you got an uncle, cousin, anybody that's in your life that's not your father, if you don't have a father that's around, if he ain't stepping up to the plate to be a role model, then in, then in a situation like that, then yeah, send him off and let somebody else teach that young boy how to be a man. But other than that, should be a, a, a combination. Um, I don't think so, Carmen. I, I do. I think it should be a combination. I think you should have to do pick one or the other. 18 months in the military or you go directly from high school to college. One or the other. But just sitting around in the neighborhood chilling and you're not doing anything? Mm -mm. I think like, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. That is true. That is true. But I think that um, some kids don't even know what they want to do fresh out of high school. That's why they're going off to college. You got a whole year for Always. your liberal arts, you know, where you, everybody has to take the same classes. And if you don't know what you want to do after a year, a year and a half, where you have to pick your major, 
That's we gotta we got a serious problem. That's kind of hard, Carmen. That's a lot of pressure. That's not pressure because you in high school from ninth grade to twelfth grade, your counselor should be meeting with you regularly to figure out what you want to be. You should be taking some tests that tell you what area that you're suitable in. Well, this is what we should be doing, but this is not what the schools are doing. I know. That's why the military or college would be their choices. I don't know. I, th I don't know about all yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know. We had to tap in with the Facebook page and the <laughs> Instagram page or call in think. and let us know about that. Because I, I, the reason why I say that is because I had a, I had a father, you know what I'm saying? He was in my life, and I had cousins. Well, not cousins. I had one cousin that didn't have a father in his life, and he went straight to the military. Every week he in. I hate that my son didn't go to the military. He, I hate that he backed out at the last minute. He called his mama crying every week. Cause he was weak. Yeah, he was already a sucker anyway. That's why. But because them, them sergeants and them lieutenants was Mom, they all yelling in my face. When I was in the academy, let me tell you, when I was in the academy, you had grown men breaking down crying. Mm -hmm. I had, I think it was my sarge at the time. I mean, although she told me it, it, it's because she was one of the antagonizers to me. It wasn't until my um, my goddad um, slash at the time Chief Thomas, he mm -hmm. was the chief of Southfield Police. Okay. I was his teacher's assistant as well. And I would tell him what we were, you know, what we were going through. They be in your face and they yelling and screaming and this and that. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he said, let me tell you how to remedy that. <coughs> so I was like, how? You know. Because I was like, they got one time to be in my face close and even graze my nose, and it's on and popping. Mm -hmm. He was like, you look straight. He said, if they in your face yelling and screaming, he said, they do that. They, they call themselves tearing you down to build you back up. Mm -hmm. He said, you look straight through them like you don't even see them in front of you, and you find a dot on the wall, and you stare at that dot, mm -hmm. and don't take your eyes off of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you, and when they see that it doesn't bother you, they don't bother you no more. If you show any emotions, they're going to do you every day. Mm -hmm. I used to have this guy that used to stand on the side of me every day. He used to piss me off because it was a certain way you had to dress, mm -hmm. you know, in uniform. And he would come every day without something. <coughs> he would lose, leave his damn tie at home. Mm -hmm. We supposed to have on... Um, what did we have on? We had on black socks at that time. He would come with white socks on. Mm. So he would cause all of us to have to run. Mm -hmm. We would have to do push-ups. It used to be like, are you freaking kidding me? Full and they used to be stuff. in his face yelling and cussing and hollering. He used to break down. Mm -hmm. I used to be so mad at him. When we go on lunch or break, I used to be like, pull yourself together. Yeah. Don't be letting them punk you out. I'd be like, find a dot on the wall and don't even look there. Mm. By the end of the um, the class, he was good to go. They used to get in his face and try to make him break down and cry like they used to. He would not break a tear. Well, good thing y'all ain't doing like uh, they did him on Full Metal Jacket. You seen that? Mm -hmm. They put the bars in the soap, held him down on the bed, and everybody just came through. Yeah, no, they're not, the allowed, to, they're not so, allowed to. They're not allowed to. Cause physical. Damage. They weren't allowed to do but that. But they be they do either. chest to chest bump you and you know be all in your face and stuff like that. Oh like, no, you think I'm talking about the the drill sergeant? Drill sergeants oh. do this. Oh, you talking about the other? His, his other people. They <laughs> did that while he was asleep because he made them 
I had to do some shit. So. So then, what about the the incident that took place um, at the GE Electric um, plant? And it dicks. And it, yeah. Get into an argument with your coworker. And shoot him. And they shoot him. Kill him. Kill him. Wow. I mean, but that's been going on for a while. What? So, you People know, shooting and killing? At the, uh, at oh, you talking about the argument? At, at work. You know. I'm not arguing with somebody that tough at work that I'm finna, you know, I'm finna go out to my car and get a firearm and shoot somebody. You remember the, the Chrysler incident? Or the, they was, now listen. You know. That's a different animal. I worked for Chrysler for what, six years or whatever? Mm -hmm. It is a different animal inside of that plant. If you, if you if you allow it to do it. No, 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 no. I, no, I no. used to work at a plant no, no, too. No. The culture is what it is. You're not coming in there. You're not changing nothing. It is what it is. You go in there. You have a husband or you have a wife or you have a boyfriend. You get inside them walls. You got a whole new boyfriend, a whole new husband. They call work husbands and boyfriends. And those jokers be, like, fighting like that's their real husband and wife, knowing that when they go outside, one or the other is sitting in the parking lot waiting to pick them up or they're going home to a whole different wife. It was... It be off the chain. Yeah, I know, I know, but that's only if you fall victim to that. Yeah, I'm not me. You yeah. know, like now, I, now I almost did. Now, when I used to work at the um, my, well, this is when I was working for GM at the mile. That's mm -hmm. how I actually got into the plant. Um, my uncle and my aunt worked at the plant, so they put in for me to come in to be. I think it's called an SBR, something like that. But it was a a summer. Uh, it was a summer replacement job where people would go out on vacation and you'll come in and work for, you know, um, three months or whatever for the summer. Mm -hmm. So my uncle used to come and bring me breakfast every day. Okay. And he was an older gentleman. So, of course, the older men thought, oh, snaps, like mm -hmm. he didn't got him a young one. Right. You know, <laughs> he used to make sure I had breakfast every morning. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And, um... You know, the men started coming over and asking me questions, and my uncle saw it one day, and he went off. Mm -hmm. He was like, back the heck off of her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Get away from her. And they was like, man, you can't be, you can't be, um, what did they tell him? He couldn't be cop blocking or something, whatever. Mm -hmm. He was like, this is my niece. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, okay, your niece. I said, no, 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 this is really my uncle. His wife works right over there at that line. <laughs> my mm -hmm. auntie, matter of fact, her name was Carmen. Um, but those men would do good by those young girls. Mm -hmm. And everybody wasn't where, no, nah, I'm good. You know, I my uncle used to, my uncle and my aunt used to take very good care of me. But some of them girls come in there, and that was the first job that they were really making some good money. Mm -hmm. And then you got these older men that's spending their money on you, and you don't really have to spend your money. Mm -hmm. Oh, they was they was slaying them out. I can believe it. I don't see. And it was be some fine ones too. Fine women. No, I'm a girl, so it was some fine men. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know that's how they do. That's definitely. But ain't no, I don't. There's no case I would. I, I don't know. I haven't been pushed like that where I want to take anybody's life, you know, yeah, because of some words, <clears throat> you know. So we have this other um, story where a former treasurer and clerk of a Lansing area village 
has been charged with embezzling more than $50,000 from the village. Scandal after scandal. Charged with embezzlement <laughs> after a seven-month investigation by Ingram County Sheriff's Office, according to a press release. The investigation included a forensic audit, and once they finished the audit, they she was accused of embezzling between 50000 to 100000 mm. which is a 15-year felony. Mm. But this is what irritates me. It's always that entitlement or that, you know, privilege where um, she was given um, a personal um, recondus bond. Mm. Now, she didn't embezzle fifty to $100,000. Facing 15 years. Facing 15 years. And she's able to walk out without paying anything? Mm. No bond? Not $100? Not $1,000? Nothing? You know, you said she privileged, so. You know, I I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you, when you actually sit back and do the history of mm -hmm. the United States, we see that they put them laws, they, all the laws that they put in place was laws that they broke, yep. so other people couldn't break them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So. Now this, you know, this story right here, touch me. What is it? Which one? A Detroit grandmother charged with stabbing a two her two year old oh, grandboy. Yeah, yeah. What? What was going on in her mind? What could a possibly a two year old do to make you stab them? <laughs> Yo, grandbaby. We have to look into mental health resources for these people. We have to. Because some of these people have been off meds far too long. And we don't want to put everything up under the mental health, you know, um, category. Or the DSM-5, you know, category, whatever. Yeah. But let's just face it. Detroit has suffered some trauma. Yep. You know? Trauma after trauma, whether it's shootings every day of our young people, our sons, our daughters, whether it's, um, you know, all the deaths from the COVID. Um, we don't have as many police brutality, you know, as other states or whatever, but we've been through a whole lot mm -hmm. in the city of Detroit. Um, and we got to get some resources out here. We have to. I mean, I don't think, I think what the people fail to realize is the only way that uh, the city is going to get better is if we get better. Mm -hmm. I want some of this shit lifted, and guess what? We got to start doing the right thing. It's like we fucking, yeah, I'm sorry, it's like we are children, and it's like we a bunch of bad kids. And it's like, okay, we're on punishment. Because there's a lot of things that's not being available to Detroit like it is for other states. You know, so a lot of people don't even want to come here. Like what, for instance? Who who come in here to do films like they used to do? Well, they took all the incentives away. Why is that? Mm -hmm. You got to have people want to come here. Now, they did all this rebuilding. When they first did all that rebuilding downtown. They had movie um, incentives and stuff like that. That's Tax um, incentives. That's what I'm saying. They had When they had that, when they started rebuilding mm -hmm. all that stuff downtown, they was shooting movies. Only movies getting shot here is the movies that our directors are shooting here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they're so, not getting any tax breaks with those. No, movies. 
I'm not at all. So. Or if they are, they're not getting the tax breaks that they would give other were people. given. You know? So, so it's like you want to bring money into the city. You want other people from other states to come to your city and spend the money with you. Then guess what? If y'all guys want out here stealing, breaking into people's shit, that's trying to make a living and trying to provide a demand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, or, or, I'm sorry, so, uh, supply the demand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just ridiculous out here. So let's talk about this story and then let's put some positive stuff on the table. Okay. So Lafayette, Coney Island right. has been given the permit. <laughs> they have been given the permission to open back up. I've never ate that Coney Island in my life anyway. I always went to the one next door to it. So. But you can't tell me the one next door don't have rats. I ain't saying that. But I'm just saying. They just I, probably haven't been videotaped, you know. But there's rats. If there's rats there, there's yeah, rats there. Yeah. That's you true. know. Because they right beside each it's, other. So. <laughs> yeah, but like what I said. What you think, you know, should people like. I mean. Chances. Some people, I heard somebody say, oh, I would go now than I did before because the health department has been in there and they've sealed up all the holes. I I, just, I don't know. It's like going over somebody's house with rats and roaches. Are you going back? A new person that you just met. No. A new guy friend. Hey, Carmen, come on, come on through. Listen, you if see I see anything, I'm out. Okay. So, you don't you know. have to call me no more because I won't be coming. Are you going I to, like that to plate? You not. They're, oh, it's smelling good in there. You no. you go in that kitchen no. or go in that bathroom and wash your hands. You see a rat run from oh, there. Oh my, my god. A mice or something. I lie to you not. This guy. uh Maybe about a year ago, and I've been knowing this guy my, pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. And he's always tried to talk to me, but mm -hmm. he's just not my type. So he called, and we were talking, and this and that, or whatever. And he was like, "Girl, you need to come on over, and you know, and I, let me let me cook for you, and this and that. And we can watch some TV." Mm -hmm. And I don't know how the conversation shifted, mm -hmm. but he told me the night before he killed a mice, or it had to be a mice, in his house. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, girl, I get them all the time. I was like, no way, no how, no hell well you ever get me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you trying to get me to lay in your bed. Hey, I remember when I was younger. A uh, mice? Yeah, I remember when I was younger, I uh, was over this chick house, and I just seen a roach run across the table. And that was my last time seeing her. So... A lot of guys would have stayed, would have came back, but I didn't want them roaches coming with me. So. Yeah, we grew up on Dexter, and my mom had this um, two-family flat, mm. and my mom was, she was real big on clean, mm. you know, whatever, but we kept getting mice in the house. That's and my mother two-family like, flat you usually do. My mother was like, uh-uh, so, you know, as quick as she put the mice out, pap, you know, they was like in a trap, in a trap. Mm. My mama got so fed up. Because the landlord kept saying, I'm coming out, I'm patching, and this and that. My mama said, you can have this damn house. Right. My mama packed us up. She didn't even allow us to take nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think she maybe <coughs> let us take a book bag, you know, some stuff. She didn't let us take nothing. She left everything in that house and walked away. I don't blame her. My mother was like, we're not taking none of that stuff with us. When I got older, uh, my house, I don't know if my, what, what age my sons were. Mm. Some. Evidently, a mice got into the house, mm. you know, um, opening up Christmas gifts and having the door open and 
taking the you know the Christmas paper to the thing. Mm. Children in the bed. I'm sitting on the floor reading my Bible and I'm praying. And I think I saw something walk run past, and I was like, okay, that's just the devil trying to get me distracted, you know. So I'm praying hard and I'm reading my Bible, and I see it again. I scream. Mm. Listen, I, my sons had a bunk bed. I went and jumped on that top bunk bed with my mm. son. I called my mom and my daddy. I was like, if y'all don't come get us, mm. my daddy was cracking up. I left that house for at least four or five months. Mm. My dad called an exterminator, you know, to put some stuff in the house or whatever. whatever. I would not go back in that house. Mm. He kept saying, you got to go over there and see if it worked. No. Right. I used to meet the exterminator at the house, and I lie to you not, I feel so bad for the man because I used to make him go in my room to get me panties and bras out my drawer. Mm. He's been like, come on, I'll walk in there with you. Mm-mm. Just go on the, the last room, go to the <laughs> top drawer. He'd be like, I don't want to, you know, take your, get your panties and stuff. So I told him, I said, listen, don't be in there sniffing my stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, just grab some stuff and come on. I would have this man, like, dying laugh. I would not go back. After about five months, my dad was like, so you just not going back home, are you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. My mom was like, he trying to get you to, to, to leave out here? I said, me and my kids will still be right here with y'all. All right. One day I woke up, I was like, let me take my butt home. Went home. And, you know, of course, I had to take the Christmas tree down. I hadn't been home. Mm-hmm. So I get the the vacuum cleaner so that I can vacuum. I lift up the vacuum cleaner. Why was the mice under the vacuum cleaner dead? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't hard, so that means he had just died. Mm-hmm. He had just ate the, the stuff. I lost it. Mm-hmm. I lost it. I called their dad. I was like, please come get it. Mm-hmm. So he comes over and get it. He puts it in a baggie, and now, you know, he's chasing me around the house with the baggie. Oh. I could have had a heart attack. <laughs> I literally could have had a heart attack. I bet you could have. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't do this. Uh-huh. So if I see a bug, it's needless to say. You out of there. I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no conversation. We're not debating about it. My, you could have my house for spiders, okay? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I hate, I got a bit, I done got bit by this, I got bit in the back of my head by a spider right here. Mm-mm. So what are some of the, the good things that are going on in the city? <clears throat> oh, I seen something. Let me get back to it. It was so <laughs> much. <laughs> well, I know that um, it's, we're coming up in the season for trick-or-treaters and stuff like that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, I know Southfield, um, Police department will be having a um, what is that trick a trick or trunk a trunk or treat or mm, trunk or treat whatever it's called so they're going to be having something for the children where they can come to the um, where they can come up to the the police department and trick or treat in the parking lot oh it's called trunk or treat so that's going to be Sunday October the thirtieth from one to four. So if you have children out there and you want them to go to a safe, you know, place where they can trick-or-treat and have fun, it's going to be at the Southfield Municipal Campus Police Station Courtyard. So all the cars will be set up and, you know, they'll be giving out candy outside their um, their trunks or whatever. That sounds good. Yeah, because you don't want to be getting this candy from these people nowadays. Yeah, we good on that. Yeah. 
and you know, just rent, you know, just order some pizza, you know, put on a scary movie and make your kids their um their Halloween bags and call it a day. But you know, most most of the grown up. most of the grown folks are trying to go out and party for for Halloween. They ain't even thinking about the kids, are they? They ain't even thinking about the kids. The they used to shame. be for the kids now. <laughs> I mean, it used to be there for the kids back in the day, back in my day. Nah, they more concerned about their costumes mm-hmm. than their baby's costume. Yeah. You know. That's how it is now. Um, I know next month, um, Detroit Table Talk has partnered up with um, a Thanksgiving food drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so our donations and stuff like that will be helping to feed three senior citizen um, complexes. Oh, okay. Um, two of them is where um, we'll actually be serving the food, mm-hmm. and one of them we'll just drop off the food, and the food, um, the the people in the apartment, the senior complex will be serving the food to their seniors. They just trying to make sure that they continue to stay healthy and safe or whatever. Okay. Um, and uh, also, we are still collecting. Hats, gloves, scarves, and socks okay. for the homeless. Okay. Um, to give out to the homeless in Cass Park in Detroit. Okay. You know, we want to make sure that we are a blessing to them, you know, during this time where the elements are changing and, you know, everybody doesn't have a place where they can go and get warm or, um, you know, and get heat or whatever. And not only that, um, we have to also be mindful of our young people that are in households where maybe the parents just don't have or money is uh, mismanaged. Mm -hmm. And the children are out here at these bus stops walking to school without coats, hats, gloves, and scarves. And, you know, so we want to make sure, um, we want to make sure that our young people are covered. I was at TJ Maxx a couple of days ago when it was really cold out. And when I came out, it was a young man standing there selling candy. Mm. So he was like, you know, you know how the young people say, can you buy some candy? I'm trying to raise money for equipment for my basketball team. I said, what school you go to? I think he said Marcus Garvey or mm. something like that. I said, what's the principal name? I was seeing if he was lying to me. So he gave me the principal name. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I don't carry cash. I said, but if you got a cash app, I'll cash app you some money. And mm-hmm. I did. And when I got in my, my car, I was looking at him. And he was just rubbing his hands together and blowing in his hand because he was cold. Mm-hmm. And the little jacket he had on was way too small for him. You could tell he's a basketball player. Mm-hmm. It was way too small. So I rolled down my window. I said, I said, sweetheart, I said, do you have a, a, a hat and some gloves? He said, no. Um, and I always keep a box of gloves, hats, scarves, and socks and stuff in my trunk for the homeless. Mm-hmm. So I got out my car and, and went and got him a pair of gloves and a hat. And he was so thankful, you know. Um, and I didn't think about it till I got home. I should have took my butt back up there to see if he was up there to take him into TJ Maxx to buy him a coat, you know, that fit, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I told you, you'd be doing too much garbage. That kind of, you know, but that... It tugs on my, you know, my heart or whatever. I understand that, but you can't be doing that shit for everybody. I know, but when you could tell mm-hmm. when people need it. There's wolves out here. I know. So, and she I remember when a, pro- a a pastor slash prophet told me, he said, God is going to bless your socks off. Mm-hmm. He said, but 
you have to promise. No, he said, well, he did. He said, you have to promise. He said, but God said that you must take care of yourself mm -hmm. before you take care of anybody. Yeah. And I started laughing. And he said, let me say this again. He said, God is going to bless you, you know, with, with, you know, finances. He said, but he wants you to do some stuff that you like and take care of you, yourself. Mm -hmm. He said, because you'll give all the money away. And I just bust out laughing. And everybody around me started laughing because they know it's true, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, you I'm okay with the bare first. minimum. You know what I'm saying? I'm okay. I used to be okay with the bare minimum too, but until I found out I was uh, spreading myself thin and yeah. giving myself the thin part. So Yeah, and that's me, and I have to do better in that area. I do. I have to constantly talk to myself to say, if I, like, me going out, if I say, okay, I'm going to go to the store and buy something for myself, mm -hmm. I always come out the store with stuff for other people, and then I don't buy anything for myself. Because mm -hmm. I get in there, and I think about, oh, I heard such and such say they need this, or, oh, this would be good for this person. So I do. I have to work on that. Mm -hmm. um, but children and seniors and homeless, kind of dear to my heart. Oh yeah, that's that's a different story. Um, seniors and um, kids, homeless people as well, but uh, people that's out here that can do for themselves, that's just not doing it. You can't be a blessing to them. <laughs> Seriously, because they're draining energy. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I, I want to sum up that, in my opinion, my co-host Joe is not. We're not on the same page with this. I think our young men and young ladies go to the military. need to go to the military. Or college. <laughs> or college. <laughs> they need some dis discipline <laughs> in their life, you know. Um, I, I agree on that, that they need some discipline. Or some kind of mentoring. military school. Mentoring or something. Well, this mentoring is not working. It's just not working. Uh, big brothers, big sisters have been out here since I've been young. It's not working. They need structure yeah. where... They can't get mad at mama, daddy, auntie, uncle, whoever their mentor is, and walk away and say, I'm not coming back. That's true. No, you there? You there. Oh, and you going to ship up or, sh you know. But, you know, I, I do oh, agree Oh, you going to be doing a lot of push-ups. To a certain extent, because I, I know women. I, I know men who mothers, back in the day, back in, when they were younger, sent them to boarding schools and mm -hmm. stuff like that because they was reckless. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get no control of them. And guess what they are today? Still reckless. So I don't really know if I like it's. But, I agree with you as far as. If but it's if not they go the and they come back and they're still reckless, then you've done what you had to do. So whatever they, you know, do, they have to face the consequences. Mm -hmm. But I think that I, I'm more prone to think that the more they get the discipline, they will fall into line. You know what I'm saying? They'll think twice about going back into the community, you know, and being a menace to the same community they have to live in. But you got to be, <clears throat> at the end of the day, we all have to have some, some reason. We all have to know or have to feel needed or feeling like we have a purpose. But can you imagine going off to the service? coming back and your family looking at you like you the man no like that's no. my baby no i couldn't imagine me staying here 
doing some positive things. But everybody don't have that. Everybody don't have that discipline where they can walk away from their group of friends that's pressuring them to do this or do that or whatever. Mm. You know, you come back and now they looking at you like, man. I've you seen look good. it. I've seen all it before. My, all my nieces and nephews have um, went to the service. They have went to the service. They're um, either in the army. Most of them are in the Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was signed up to go to the Marines, um, and his older brother talked him out of it. Okay. He was supposed to go in with my nephew, and his older brother talked him out of it when they got close. You know, man, you don't go in there and get killed and this and that. My son was excited. Mm. I think about that all the time, like. Shouts out to Big Bro. He would have been dope. Shouts out to Big Bro for talking out of it. No. Yeah. Because he had to encounter some stuff that he wouldn't have had to encounter. That was already set in stone, though. Just like my old lady, she be like, well, if he hadn't went out that night, you wouldn't have got shot. That was already set in stone. So. I mean, yeah. There's nothing know, that we could have done to change Our life that. is, you know, God knows what's going to happen. However, we could change the course of our life by our actions. You think so? I think so. I don't think it's like, I, 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 this is how I think about it. I feel, this is how I feel about it. I feel like anything that we do was already made, already planned for us to do, whether it's good or bad. I don't think, like, you know, some people be like, oh, you know. You got this sad, and then you got devil's advocate. This mm-hmm. that. I don't think that. I think that. Uh, so what about situations where you say, "Oh, I'm gonna go out with my boy tonight. You know, we're gonna go to the bar and just, you know, have some drinks and watch the game on the TV." And at the last minute, you say, "Nah, you know what? I don't even feel like it. I'm not going out." But your boy still go out, and then there's a shooting or something like that um, up at the the bar. What do I think about it? I think that's just... I think that at that moment, your decision-making changed, changed what could have been yep, to the, the trajectory of your life changing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shot, killed, you know, anything. Yeah. I, 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 I think our decisions play a big part <clears> in <throat> the way that our life is going to be panned out. And I think that we have to stay on these young people. We have to stay on each other Mm -hmm. because it's not just young people anymore. It's older people losing their grip. Yeah. You know, I could have easily, I don't get a pass. You know, I could have easily said because of the different things that I've encountered in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, with me being in foster care, um, with me, you know, um, being raped, you know, a couple of times growing up with the physical abuse, um, with you know my parents being on um, drugs or whatever, mm-hmm. um, being a ward of the court, my life could easily turned mm-hmm. a certain way. You know what I'm saying? I could have been, I could have had a million kids running around here. I could have been on welfare. Yeah. You know, I could have used my situation to say why I couldn't do go to school and do, do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like so many of other people I know who. You could have used had any one of your situations to use that as but a... But I was determined that yep. regardless of my past, I was going to make sure that with every bit of strength in me, I was going to make something out of myself mm-hmm. and I was going to do right and I was going to 
um, do right by the society that I lived in. And I was going to hopefully get to a place where I can change some stuff. Now you change it. You yeah. change some things. Um, matter of fact, um, you're doing big things. You got the podcast. Yeah. You got the books. Yeah. What else you got going on? What I got going on? Um, some things that we can't talk about. So well, I accepted a, a, well, it's a volunteer position with okay. the juvenile courts. Okay. So um, I would be doing, um, a, um, what would I be doing? I'd be a child, a child advocate. Okay. So, so say, for instance, a kid is removed from their home or stuff like that, I'll go to court and listen to the case with the judge and stuff like that, and then I will write a report on recommendations on what's in the best interest of the child. Mm -hmm. So I will be assigned to just the child to speak on behalf of the child. Okay. That's major right there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being a blessing to those young people because I think that me growing up in foster care, me being a ward of the court, Mm -hmm. me at one point being removed from my mother's house. You can be, you could tell them people. I can tell I've been them, there. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? And this doesn't have to stop you. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, and that you'll get through it. Oh yeah, most definitely. You know. Yeah, that's and what I, they I gotta telling, know. I was telling them on the Zoom call uh, this week. I was telling people because one of the young ladies, she works at a, de- uh, a department where, when they come out of the foster care system, when they come out of the foster care system, um, a lot of she said a lot of their clients end up incarcerated Mm -hmm. and the recidivism rate for those individuals are high and i told you know when i when it was my turn to speak i said you know it was a white white girl Mm -hmm. and i told i said well i want to say that i don't want people that are on this zoom to think that because you're raised in foster care or residential homes that your course of your life um, says that you will be incarcerated or anything like that. Right. And that's when I told him, I said, I was raised in foster care. I was raised in a residential home. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing awesome. I said, but it was the tools that I was given. Right. It was the support that was behind me. So if we're giving these kids the tool and the support that they need, these children will be fine. So mm-hmm. I want us to go into it with that attitude versus looking at these black and brown children saying that, Oh, eventually they end up in the criminal justice system. We're going to change that, them stereotypes. We're going to change that. Oh, you yeah. Know? Most definitely. So I want to um, thank everybody for checking us out. Thank you. Um, thank you. Leaving your comments. We appreciate, um, we appreciate you. you. Um, Richard say, you sound like me, Carmen. Go into the store for myself and come out with something for others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoil yourself, Richard. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> B says, um, military ain't for everybody. Shouts out to GB. That's true. Hello, um, world. These young dudes don't want to listen because they feel they have more money than the older cats, so they can't teach them anything. Uh, um, yeah, you do got to lead by example. That's yeah. true. Um Older men want to still feel as though they in competition with these young guys. That's true. You know, it, I was listening to Kanye. Mm-hmm. I don't care what nobody say. Kanye is not crazy. Kanye know what he's doing, Kanye but I don't agree with everything. Kanye strategically know what he's doing. I and I think he's gotten everything. to the place where he's in a billionaire status, so he has nothing to prove to anybody anymore. If they, like, they're taking all a lot of his, his deals and stuff away, 
that man don't care. Yeah. He gonna give us some valuable information to know if you choose to be in this circle, that circle, circle. This is the stuff that you're gonna have to encounter. Mm. And instead of us taking it as a teaching lesson, they keep saying, "Oh, you crazy, you crazy." It's, no, it's, he, about, it's about who it's coming from and it, how exactly how you put it out there. It is, but you can't do a he bunch. He doesn't of, have to. He doesn't have to have smoke and mirrors. True. He can say it the way he wants because. But but this thing, you ain't got to do a bunch of. He human like everybody else human. He got emotions like everybody else do. But at the same time, bro, you got to keep some of that stuff, some of them conversations that you might have in your head, mm -hmm. keep them in your head, or have them with somebody who you know ain't gonna put them out there. Because that George Floyd shit that he said, it's not in agreement with me. You understand? So. Some of the shit that he say, yes, I'm mean, as far as him being a boss and all this and want to have his, he built up his name to the point where he shouldn't have to have his name attached to nobody else's. Mm -hmm. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But as far as some of the other things that he but be getting off into, we have I don't agree. Of speech. Why can't he speak his truth, whether we like it or not, whether it's right, wrong, or indifference? Our Constitution say you have the freedom of speech. But you may not like it. That's the thing. And there's consequences to it because now people are pulling their endorsements. But if that's okay with you, why should we? Because here's the thing. When you... When you in the public eye, you know you under a micro my, uh, a microscope. But I don't think he cares anymore, and that's what we are. That's what we're failing to realize. I don't think he gives two. Everything ass. ain't for the world to hear. Everything ain't for the world to hear. But some stuff we have to hear it, because now you it's coming from somebody from the inside. This is not me and you talking about what we think. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who's Who been know in the inside yeah. and know it and want to tell you this is how they do us. This is how they think. This is how they control. We do us. this though. You know. We do 